We don't have a name for the podcast yet. That's the other thing we could talk about. We could ask people to comment on Facebook. Welcome back to the podcast without a name. The No Name Podcast. <laughs> what did we call it last time? Earn the name? Yeah. Earn the, yeah. And earn then we the also were still looking, earn the title, and we're still looking for some sponsors. Sadly, no sponsorship offers after the first podcast. Yeah, I think... I think we actually do have some some big investment opportunities. It's just they're waiting for the right moment yeah. to, to spring in. And yeah. so, but we'll get there. Help us. If you can think of a funny, cool, relevant, I don't know, one of all three or one of the three name for this podcast, let us know on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, we'll start announcing the names people suggest and then we can pick one over there you the go. next couple of weeks. There you go. We we gotta we gotta we gotta earn the title. Yeah. But I don't think that earn the title is a good enough name for a podcast. No, not at all. That's what we called it last time. And you yeah. know what? It was a good start. Um, but for a podcast as good as this is, mm-hmm. we gotta have a name. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, because there's there's so much in this that the world needs to get it. But if there's no title, it doesn't then, matter. Then people aren't gonna listen. It's, it's kind of like matter. Seinfeld. There there's no real like what's the show even about? You know what I mean? Making a lot of money, but then again, you know, I was, (laughs) dude. Jerry Seinfeld is one of the richest. He's so rich. I did not realize he's worth like nine hundred million dollars. That's a that's a pretty good amount of money. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. It's not even a pretty good amount of money. What would you say is is the greatest sitcom of all time? Would it be Seinfeld? Are there shows know. that are better? Are is The Office better? I I, I, I personally am a massive Office fan. American Office. I think The Office. Well, yeah, no one likes the British Office. Not even British people like the British Office. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any. I don't know. To I, prove I, that. I. You know what's fascinating is the first after the first season they almost cut it off the air. Yeah, and they got like a groundswell of people who were like, "No, give it another season." Full transparency. My friend Jeff Barota and I used to skip college classes at Portland Bible College to watch seasons of The Office. We used to, uh, this is throwing it back on iTunes, uh, me and this guy John Hutt, we would take turns buying the episode on Thursday nights, mm. um, and it would become available on iTunes moments after it started airing, and it would take about 10 minutes to download on the the college Wi-Fi, and then um, we would charge guys a dollar to watch it in our room with us, and so we'd make our money back. And I still have my old video iPod with episodes of The Office on it. Jeez. I think I have the whole second season. It's downstairs in my office. What? Speaking of, uh, you've iPods, been with Apple though for I'm a an, long time. I have been an Apple guy I, ever since I worked at AT and T when the first iPhone was out. I resisted it. I was a BlackBerry guy, but ever since then, I had a BlackBerry Pearl. I had a BlackBerry Pearl. I had the BlackBerry eighty eight hundred, the eighty eight ten. I was a BlackBerry guy, and but and I remember this is a wild thing. I remember when a BlackBerry rep came in making fun of the App Store. Ooh. And because BlackBerry at the time had like over 10,000 apps that you could download, you know, uh, just kind of third party. They There wasn't like, and on their App Store, there were a bunch of apps or whatever. And the Apple App Store came out and there were, you know, a couple hundred apps. And he was just laughing about it, how it's never going to surpass BlackBerry. 
And uh, when's the last time you saw somebody using a BlackBerry other than a TV show that's 10 years old? R.I.P. <laughs> but R. speaking R. of the iPhone, they announced the iPhone 12 today. Have you already ordered it? I, you can't pre-order until I think it's the 17th. Um, but the iPhone 12 mini, you can pre-order in November, and it is small. It's almost as small as the size of the iPhone 5. No way. And I'm absolutely going to get it. I'm going for the smallest one. If they came out with a tiny iPhone that was like an inch tall, I'd get it. I, I can't do it. <laughs> My iPhones keep getting bigger and bigger, not smaller and smaller. No, and the, the, the new one that's coming out is the biggest one yet. Awesome. The new one's coming out is the biggest one yet. Give me an iPad one. that makes phone calls. I'm down. I'll wear it on my hip. It's going down to, I think it's a 5.4 inch screen. So it's about, it's a little bit smaller than most people's iPhones, like the iPhone 6 or, yeah. or whatever. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped for the smaller phone. Smaller and, imprint in the jeans, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know what? Honestly, if I could get, here's the, here's the reality, especially today with the news and, and all of the things that are happening, um, that I'm intrigued by this idea of being more disconnected. Mm-hmm. But the thing that makes me not like I, I've got all these old phones I could put a SIM card in and I could just text people, but I'm not down to be that guy with the green text. <laughs> yeah. I, I avoid like the plague texting anybody with an Android phone um, or a non iPhone. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just literally it, it feels like it's analog versus digital. Yeah. And I really feel like that. iMessage yeah. is one of the greatest things to happen to phones these days. And so we'll have these group chats and then there's like one person who doesn't have an iPhone. We'll keep them out of it yeah. and then just text them separately. <laughs> is that is that wrong of me? Is that bias? I think that is bias and I think I need healing from it. But yeah. if iPhone could like make their stuff like... if Universal. I, I, how cool would it be? It, will this ever happen? Maybe this is a prediction. Will Apple ever like sell for like a billion dollars the rights to Samsung to use iMessage as an app or something like what that? How cool I, would that be? Because then I would just might go get unify the world. Because Steph Curry's got this little he's got this little phone that he, he like is part of this organiz- this company, and it's this tiny phone called a Palm. Yeah. not a Palm Pilot, but it's yeah, a Palm. It's Palm. Yeah. and it's a tiny little phone, and it's got the basic apps you need, and you can text. And if that had iMessage on it, I would get it yesterday. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Because I just, I love the appeal of going smaller, being less connected, as much as I love being connected. Um, I love knowing news. I love social media. I love all that kind of stuff. But um, it does not add a lot to my life. Mm-hmm. In fact, it makes me probably more anxious, probably more tired, and probably more, uh, a little bit of a mess. Which brings us to the subject of our conversation that today. That was a smooth transition. That was. Smooth, I'm a smooth criminal, just like go. Michael Jackson. You uh, your mind is a mess. Yes. That's, that's our phrase that we're talking about today. And before you stop listening and feeling attacked by us, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about on Sunday is this idea of strongholds, right? And strongholds are when you give a bad idea permission to stay. It's when... Which was a great thought, by the way. You did really good on Sunday. Thank you. Great. Yeah. And, um, but that, I think that's a sticky phrase, but it's really true. You and I both in our lives in different places and spaces, um, and even potentially today, if we, if we really dig in, there are ideas that, that, you know, something somebody said or something we experienced or something that we navigated through or something that happened to us or something that we did that um, in that moment was an idea. Um, and that idea began to now define how we saw ourselves mm-hmm. or how we saw the future or how we saw our past mm-hmm. or how we imagined 
other people would see us. Yeah. And that became, became over time a stronghold. It held on to us because it started as an idea. And it was Churchill who said um, the empires of the future, because he was a war strategist, right? And he was a brilliant mind. Um, where are all our wartime? Anyways, I don't know where I'm going to get with that. Uh, <laughs> rewind. He was a war strategist. He was a brilliant guy, but he said the empires of the future will, will not be the empires like we see them, how we imagine them today, but it's going to be the empires of the mind. Yeah. I, and I think because he understood how the mind worked yeah. and how he understood how things begin in the mind and with an idea. And Romans 12 says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Mm -hmm. Your mind is a mess. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And how do, how do we see it not be a mess? Or how do we see God renew our minds? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm passionate about this subject because uh, my mind is something that I've definitely had to learn about and learn how to clean up. I, when you sent over like your mind is a mess, that's what we're going to talk about today. I, I immediately felt like your mind absolutely is a mess, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm starting to really prove that out. You know, I, I know for me, some areas in my life, I struggled with um, a lust and a porn addiction for a long time too. And so I know that's one that we share in common and, and have really overcome. But then the other thing for me is like, I struggle with depression and mm. there are times when the depression I'm going into, I'm learning is self-induced because I let, um, I let a thought grab a hold of, I, I grab, this is the interesting thing. Cause I, I think we grab a hold of thoughts that then grab a hold of us. And I, I, I really believe, and I'm becoming to believe even more that the things in my mind that are tripping me up are ones that I've grabbed a hold to or grabbed a hold of um, for, and this is what's so interesting. And this is where I'm doing some work. What are the things in my mind that I've grabbed a hold of and believed because they were working for me, even in a sick, mm. gross, sadistic way? So like for me, I struggle with perfectionism. Like I, I absolutely need to know I'm going to win and be perfect before I step into something. Well, that perfectionism in some areas works for me because when I get to the point where something is perfect and I take it public or I've really worked on something enough or like strategized and, and made this brilliant move within our church or whatever, like, man, that feels really good. But I'm learning that there's a lot of really good things I could have done. Like I, I read um, in this book, Feeling Good, that has been really challenging for me. It's by one of the founders of Cognitive Therapy. And he said, one project done at a hundred percent, you say get that gives you a hundred points, and if it took you six months to get there, but you could have done five projects at eighty percent and gotten eighty points for every project. Hmm. Think about how much further along you could be. Huh. And so it's like I man, I grabbed a hold of perfectionism, and now it's grabbed a hold of me, hmm. and I'm really having to work through in that area. My mind's a mess, and it doesn't have to be, and and that's been a really challenging thing for me to really be working through, even at 31 trying you know leading at a decent position and having been doing this for a while so well how could it could also invert where the perfectionism becomes a thing that you know you can't achieve which then um it's almost like uh on the upside down version you then avoid trying mm -hmm. you avoid um going for something uh, because the belief that you can't be perfect and knowing that you, you're only going to do something if you can do it perfectly, you end up avoiding doing anything. Yeah. Well, isn't it? You said, I think you said it on Sunday or something along the lines. Yeah, I'll How take we credit. Respond. That's fine. Yeah. Well, but we respond in two ways. Like, so my perfectionism 
depending yeah. on how yeah. I want to be motivated, it's either a qualifier or a disqualifier. Yep. So I walk into a room knowing I can nail this and my perfectionism is now a qualifier in the sense of I'm going to throw my weight behind it because I know I can nail it. Mm. Then there's other rooms I walk in and my perfectionism is actually a disqualifier because I know, or that's not true, I believe, I've come to believe I could not perform to my standard of perfection in this domain. And so I put it off or I don't do it or I don't take the risk. And mm. isn't that crazy how it's like we literally vacillate, we become so addicted to some of the thoughts in our mind that we vacillate and we leverage this this bad idea like you were yep. saying on Sunday and then what what's this is what I find so funny is that we think people don't see it yeah and it's like I I've I've that has so become this unconscious thing in me that it's like I walk into a room thinking people don't notice I'm walking with a limp and it's like man the people I lead love and care for mm. and that love me and care for me man they know they know and so yeah I I think yeah. that's so Interesting. That reminds me of Pastor Steve's message. That did that one a while ago from the ladder, and talking about humility, like pride and shame, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's the pride that says, um, you know, that thinks so highly, and then it's but the same ladder, um, the shame. I, I I won't even try because I'm too low. Mm-hmm. And the humility, it doesn't. It's not even that it. I think it's almost like it recategorizes it to understand like, no, like I actually have anything good in me is from God and anything bad in me is covered by God. So my entire existence, my view of myself um, and my ability to to do what I'm going to do in the future, like all of it um, is covered in Jesus and his blood. And so now I can from just a place of security and confidence, I can approach whatever is in front of me. And I think that's such a good reminder. Like, and that's where it comes back to the renewing the mind, changing the way that we think. Um, and so that then we can see the perfect will of God really come to pass. And, um, I, and I think perfect will of God could easily be misconstrued to think, um, if we get this perfect, then we will see perfect come. But it's, I don't think it's quite that. It's more that it, as we look back over the scope of our lives, that it is God who worked all things together for our good. And when we just surrender to him and we allow him to change how we think, then his will, whether we like it or not, it's going to come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you brought it back to renewing your mind because it's so interesting where like physiology, psychology, and our theology overlap. It's like God knew what he was talking about as scripture was being written. But it's like, so thoughts precede feelings, right? And this is what's been so interesting for me as I'm navigating depression and, and working through that with a counselor and all that. But like, if thoughts precede feelings, then that means that if I had an intellectually dishonest thought, so let's say in my perfectionism mindset that I'm working through, I feel like I gaffed something and I gaffed it because I did 90% instead of 100 yeah. And so I'm beating the snot out of myself because I'm so convinced that this failure, which really wasn't a failure, but this failure is like, man, everybody sees it and they're going to see me as a failure for the rest of my life. Like those of us who struggle with perfection, we know how that runs through, right? Well, so then, no duh, I start feeling sad because of what I'm thinking in my head. But what has been so freeing to me is 
man, I cannot trust my emotion in that moment because my thought wasn't honest either. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So because my thought didn't start with the truth, I was overgeneralizing. I was awfulizing. I was narrowing in on one mistake. None of those are intellectually honest thoughts. Then my feelings are not intellectually honest either. And so I cannot, but this is what a lot of us do is our thought, which isn't a solid thought to begin with, creates this negative emotion, which then perpetuates validity to my negative thought, yep. which then deepens my emotion. And I end up in this confirmation bias and this cognitive tunneling. And now I'm four days later and I feel like crap and I'm not having fun and I'm not fun to be around. And people are, and it started with a thought. Yeah. And so it's learning to take captive, renew the mind and making yeah. sure that I'm setting the plate for my mind every morning and then often throughout the day to call myself back to what is true and right and pure and honest and godly and peaceful and continuing to return back to those and then developing some tools to grab a thought before it has a chance to formulate mm. into an emotion that I, I hone in on. Well, yeah, and it, you know that comes back to the, the idea of framing, right? You frame because you said it's like it's not even this really good like um what did you say intellectually honest thought or whatever mm -hmm. and sometimes there's a root of of some truth in it yeah but it reminds me of what ronnie doss says and and pastor steve said it often is you know the facts they're they're kind of real or there could be some truth in it but you get to decide what it means yep and so it could be a fact that is be um, that is becoming more true than it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what Satan did when he tempted Eve, is he didn't necessarily lie, but he deceived. Yeah. Uh, because he made the facts say something that it was never meant to say. Mm -hmm. And and we do the same thing with ourselves. Um, and then we live in that, what you what you call the, the cognitive tunneling in this, this place where then it's this ping pong chaos and we, we live in this space and it is so hard to escape and it becomes so what, a stronghold. What's so interesting, so um, they've done all these studies on airplane crashes, right? Uh, around the idea of cognitive tunneling. So a little science and then a point real quick. But um, so most airplane crashes are not due to a catastrophic engine failure. It's mm. because the pilot was not paying attention to either pulling on or pushing down on the, the controls that, that increase the altitude or decrease the altitude of the plane while they were hyper-focused on um, the, the instrument that was beeping that let them know that something was wrong. Mm. So this is what's so crazy about our thoughts is we'll get so caught up in one thought that we miss the reality of everything else that's going on around me. So I'll get so caught up in the thought that I messed up this relationship. And so therefore all of my relationships I'm going to mess up. Yeah. And that's not true. I'm just pulling up or pushing down on the altitude of my life. I'm And, and so this is what's crazy is because pilots hone in on the fact that they're going to crash, they inevitably crash. Hmm. And so those things in my life where I allow myself to grab yeah. a hold of a thought, I inevitably make that thought come true because I never question is that thought honest and true and right. Hmm. And so, because I never wrestle with it, I give it permission to grab a hold of me. It's like I start with a bear hug around it, and then it bear hugs me, and now we're stuck. That's yeah, that's really that's really so. So, what do we do to get out of that? So, I I've learned one um, this this technique um, that starts with asking the question why. So, so I'll have a thought come into my head, like the analogy I used, where say maybe I don't feel like I did a great job leading a team that we that I lead here or a project I'm working on, and so I start beating myself up. And I'll ask myself, okay, let's say I did not 
let's say I wasn't perfect. Why is that bad? Well, then I have to answer that question. Well, that it's bad because I wasn't perfect. And, and because I wasn't perfect, people aren't going to think I'm a good leader. All right. But if I'm not a good leader or if my team is going to perceive me as not being a good leader, then why is that bad? Hmm. Well, that's bad because they may reject me. Well, why? So now we're at the core of where that thing is. Right now we're at the core of this. I would grab a hold of this because I'm afraid of being rejected. Well, if I'm rejected, why would that? What would I do with that? And eventually we get down to the point where it's like, okay, I can now dissolve this thought, hmm. grab a hold of what's valid. I need to lead better next time. I need to resolve this. I could do this better. I could, I could absolutely learn from this. But my core fear that is making me want to wrap my arms around this, because here's the other thing too, and this is a whole nother rabbit trail, but we get addicted to feeling this way. We do. We get addicted mm-hmm. to feeling bad about ourselves. And so I want to grab, because it's more normal for me to feel bad than feel good, I want to wrap my arms around the thing that makes me feel bad because that's actually my cultural normal. Well, in a backwards way, it's an easy way to blame somebody or something else mm-hmm. uh, when, you're a, when you're a victim. Yeah. And not to diminish the real experiences that we have mm-hmm. and that people have had, um, especially when it comes to uh, traumatic things or loss. Um, but what, what um, I don't remember who said it, and I might be misquoting it, but someone once said, you know, how do you pay off debt a dollar at a time? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're not making a lot and you know it's going to take a while, but then you have $30,000 in debt or $100,000 in debt and creditors or whatever, uh, you look at your ability to pay $50 at a time as something that is so minuscule, you might as well not start. And then 10 years down the road, you wish you would have spent that $50 a month Mm -hmm. because that $50 a month would have been, you know, what is it? Six grand? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is that my math? Is my math right? I think it is. Dude, I have an Oregon public school education, so don't look at me for math. (laughs) But, you know, it's like we diminish the stewardship of the moment. Oh, so good. And we have to to master the moment. And it's like, okay, I've got a moment where I could wish that I have more or I could say – I do trust that God is able to take what I have in my hand and multiply it. Not only that, I trust that God who gives me a little when I'm faithful with it will give me more. And I go back to whether it's my first car, 1985 Volkswagen Jetta that I took care of Mm -hmm. that didn't stay in 1985 Volkswagen Jetta. Eventually became a 98, which was red. I wish I never would have sold that thing. I (laughs) love that car. Um, but man, it's the principle of stewardship. Yeah, and yeah, we we, we, we under and over spiritualize it, mm-hmm. where we need to really set. Like this is a principle that when we get this, hey, steward the moment, master the moment. Whether it's I need to name it, like we talked about Wednesday mm-hmm. or Sunday, I need to name this thing. It's real, but I don't want it to hold me anymore. So I'm going to speak to it. I'm going to name it. Then I'm going to frame it. I'm going to choose what it means. I'm going to come back to God. And then it's like, what can I do now? Like, what's the step I could take? Um, I may not have, uh, you know, if I have debt, I may not have $500 to pay it down quickly. But I might have 40 mm-hmm. And 40 is better than five. So, well, and that analogy is so powerful because what we avoid, we end up having to pay for it with interest. Yeah. And so I know for me in my, in my journey with mental health, it took my entire 20s to get to where I was willing to say I, live, I, I struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. And But now that I've named it, I can face it. And I think what you said on Sunday, that is so true. Yeah. But naming it doesn't mean you beat yourself up either. No. It means I'm going to, I'm naming this and I'm calling it out and I'm taking charge over it. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's going to live in the stronghold that is me. I don't know if that works. Does that work? Maybe. I'll take I got it. I got muscles. I'm gonna hold it strong. Whatever. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm I'm flipping the script, and I'm reminding myself because of Jesus and His Spirit in me that now I'm the one in. You know, we're not controlled. Mm-hmm. Rather, we're the ones in control. And I think well, it we puts understand- it puts it in in my house instead of me living in it. Yep. Yeah. Hundred ten percent. And we get to create that atmosphere and that and what we say with our words, how we frame it, is so important. And I think if we can frame these things, whether it's it could be a, a real serious thing like addiction, um, or dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. or it could be a stronghold like we talked about on on Sunday. Um, it could be somebody who feels like they've reached the pinnacle of their career and doesn't ever imagine them being the kind of person to do more or mm-hmm. do better or do different. And they've lived in this mentality that says, well, this is who I am. And that could be a stronghold too. It may not be an evil one, but it's one that is holding you back from what you know God has created yeah. you with the ability to do. And so I think when we when we name that and we say, okay, but if I get out of this or not, it doesn't change God's love for me. And when we know that, oh man, that makes us confident to then get out of it yeah. and to move forward and see change. So, um, Man, we could talk about this for a long time, but any yeah. parting words? Yeah, no, I love that that thread you're starting to pull out, and I, I'm excited to talk about this a little bit more on Sunday. But the um, I really believe the message of the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross to set us free to explore the limits of our potential, and so I really believe a stronghold in our lives. I love the fact that you said it may not be negative, mm. but honestly, a stronghold in my life is anything that convinces me that I am now at the limit of my potential. Because I don't, I don't think that's true. I think God is a limit-defying God. And so what is it in my mind that's convincing me this is all there is? Yeah. Or I am going to be stuck here forever? That's a stronghold worth naming, framing, and taking to God. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. So let's this week, let's renew our minds. Yeah. Um, and the thing I love about it is it says, don't conform to the patterns uh, of the world, but be transformed. And I, if I could speak over it, what it would say is, to the pattern of renewal. Mm-hmm. And I the whole verse, the that whole the whole book of Romans lends to change what pattern works in you, which is so much there's so much permission in that to not be perfect yesterday or tomorrow, mm-hmm. but to say I'm going to let the pattern of renewal mm-hmm. lead me rather than the pattern of the world lead me and discourage me, mm-hmm. knowing that God is with me today and he was with me yesterday and he's going to be with me tomorrow. Yeah. So, awesome. Did we earn the title? I don't know. Send us your podcast title thoughts, though. Uh, anybody, any coffee companies, um, or you might just be a stay-at-home parent, and you say, I want to sponsor this show uh, by bringing some cookies. As long as they're grain-free and refined sugar-free. Or any cookies. cookies. <laughs> any cookies. <laughs> there cookies, you go. candies, lasagna, oh. uh, um, drinks, um, uh, you name it, anything. You could just bring us um, uh, some scotch tape mm. and say, this is your sponsor today. Yeah, we'll shut we'll you take up. It. We love you. God bless you guys. We will see you this weekend, and we'll see you next Thursday for another edition of the Podcast Without a Name slash Earn the Title.